Thank you very much. Turn your Bibles tonight, please, to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And I want to begin to read in verse 41. Let's go back, please, to verse 38. Well, just back up one more, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children, and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this uttermost utterward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking the bread, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread and house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do ask you to bless the reading and studying of thy word. Have that the Holy Spirit deal with our hearts tonight. Now, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was listening to the news tonight, just a little bit of it, and and, uh, one guy on there said that uh, he was a Democrat. Another one said he's a a Republican. And the other one said he was neutral or something, I forgot what he called him, but he was neither Democrat nor Republican. And then I was thinking about that for a little bit, and I got to thinking about these churches that call themselves non-denomination. I never have understood, uh, if I believe in something, I'm going to take a stand for it. And uh, if you're non-denomination, I asked many of them talking to them, well, what do you believe then? If you believe the Baptist doctrine, then you're a Baptist. If you believe the Church of Christ doctrine, you're a Church of Christ, and so on. But if you say you're a non-denomination, you don't stand for anything. You'll fall for just about anything. And it's the same way when it comes to politics or anything else. What I want to talk to you about tonight is how to the, the secret of happy continuance or just keep on doing what's right. Notice verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in breaking the bread and in prayer. Now, there's a reason why these believers were steadfast. Because they were genuinely saved. When Peter preached... Here, 3,000 believed and were baptized, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. 
This was not mass hysterica or mob philosophy, nor was it unrestrained emotions. This was genuine Bible conversion. Now, I know this for three reasons. I was talking to a man one day, and he said, Preacher, you ought to have been here at church the other day. He said, Our past, we had the greatest Holy Ghost revival I've ever been in. I said, man, that's wonderful. How many of y'all have saved? Oh, we didn't have anybody saved, and the preacher didn't even get a chance to preach. We just shouted and praised God the whole service. I said, you never had a Holy Ghost revival then? Because, brother, if it's a Holy Ghost revival, somebody's going to get saved. Amen? Now, I want you to watch this, please. I know that these people were genuinely saved for three reasons. Number one, first of all, they were born of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 38 with me for just a second. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Now, the Church of Christ say that you've got to be baptized to be saved in this verse they use. But if you'll notice, then Peter said unto them, Repent. That's where you get saved. Amen? When you change your mind about the way you live and turn to Christ and understand that He's the Christ, and then you get to follow Him and believers' baptism, now, for the remission of sins, and that little word for there carries with it because of, so you get baptized because of your sins have been remissed. Now, what I want you to see, though, that the Bible says, and they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, this is true all the way through the Bible. Unless the Holy Spirit deals with a person, that person cannot get saved. Now, that's just all the way through the Bible. No one has ever been saved apart from the ministry and the entrance into one's life of the Holy Spirit of God. It's impossible. That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3 and verse 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, that is the word, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So these people were generally saved because of their salvation uh, brought about uh, was done by the Holy Spirit. Now remember this, no matter what, if the Holy Spirit does not work, people do not get saved. Now I know they were saved because they were born of the Word of God. First Peter 1 verse 23 said, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Now I want to get to some, but I want to get, uh, show you something. Romans 10:17 says, So then, faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. In other words, you can't get faith in God without the Word of God. How in the world does anybody know there is a God or know that Jesus is the Son of God without the Word of God? You can't. Now, so it's impossible to be saved apart from the Word of God. And, and somebody say, Well, what about the heathen? Listen now, you may be persuaded to be religious. You may be persuaded to take part in some spiritual action, but you'll never be saved until you're born again as a result of God's holy word. Now, if you go back and read all of Peter's sermons here in Acts chapter 2, 11 times he goes back to the Old Testament scriptures and preached it to these people. He was a Bible sermon preacher, and he got results. 
They did not come to be seen of men. They came to escape their sins, fleeing to a Redeemer. Now, I know this because of verse 37. Go back now to verse 37. Now, when they heard this, heard what? Go back to verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So Peter is preaching Jesus. He's preaching Him both born and crucified for the sins of the world. And when they heard that, the Holy Spirit took that, and verse 37 said He pricked them in their hearts that they were sinners and need to be saved. And in verse 38, told them how to be saved. So I find something in Now you go back to the Philippian jailer, in Acts chapter 16, experienced this deep conviction, and that night came trembling and fell upon his knees, and listen to what he said. Acts 16, verse 30. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So, what happened to this that Philip jailer? Must have happened to every man then, every man, woman, boy, and girl, the same thing has to happen to them that happened to that jailer. It's life or death. It's Christ or hell. You must have deep, pressing conviction. And you must repent of your sin. Now, that's the reason that you've got to preach the Word of God. And I, I, if I can get somebody to, anybody to understand this one thing, that's the reason I don't believe in different versions of the Word of God. I, I laugh at people say the King James Bird uh, Bible can't you can't understand it. It's hard to be understood. You know what I find about the King James Bible? It's nothing but English. It's old-fashioned English, but it's just English words. And it's words written on paper, but it's God's Word. And so what's the, what's the problem? You can't understand it. Now watch this. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Luke chapter 13 and verse 3. Well, repent of what? If I didn't know I was a sinner, I got nothing to repent of. But by the Word of God, the Bible says I am a sinner. Romans 3.23. So you have to have the Word of God uh, to work with you. And the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God. Now, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly. That means they're not going to be moved by somebody that comes along and tries to preach something else to be saved. I was watching... Uh, Joel Osteen hit it uh, Sunday night. I turned it on. It just happened to be on it. Uh, turned on TV. It happened to be on there, and I was watching that. And the whole time that he was on it, with that great auditorium, I don't know how many thousand people there, but it was a bunch of people. And not one time did I hear him talk about the blood of Jesus Christ or coming to Jesus Christ for your salvation. He talked about uh, being feeling good and good feelings and, and all this don't talk about nothing that's not positive and, uh, in other words he was talking about Vincent Peale stuff of positive thinking now I took a course in that when I was in the masonry business I wanted to get out of it and I wanted to get into what they called a white collar job I wanted to get out of that cement and stuff mess. so I took a course in, in positive things it's supposed to help me I found out something it made me feel positive that I weren't any good. <laughs> Amen. I never did get the hang of that stuff. You, you, you don't get to 
just positive thinking of anything. You know what the Bible says? I'm positive I'm a sinner. That's what the Bible says. Amen? And so, if all you preach is about having positive thinking and making you feel good, then you not preach the Bible. You not preach Christ. And therefore, the Holy Spirit cannot work without the Holy Spirit to save any soul. Now, and these are part of why was they 3,000 added? Because they were steadfast in the doctrine. Look at verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking the bread. <laughs> now, four things in these verses. They continued steadfastly, number one, in Bible school. Somebody said, well, preacher, I don't see where it says Bible school there anywhere. Well, verse 42 says, in the apostles' teachings. That's Bible school. They continued in church family uh, circle. Verse 42 again said that in fellowship, they were steadfast in fellowship. That's what we do when we come together. They continued in the Lord's table. Verse 42 says, breaking of bread. Good Christians never forsake the Lord's table. Amen. They continue in prayer meeting. Verse 42, in prayers. Now look at verse 42 again. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking the bread and in prayers. So we know how they steadfast in. These early Christians learned the secret of happy contingency in. They follow on to know the Lord and His Word in all its completeness. Now, the word I'm interested in, though, is this word steadfast. From that word, in seven instances, where it is used in the Word of God, there are seven things every Christian should continue in. Number one, we should continue steadfastly in an acute watchfulness. Acts chapter 10 uh, I mean, chapter 1, please. Just back up just a minute. Acts chapter 1. And I want you to look at verse 10. Acts chapter 1 and verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. So number one, I know this, the church loses something when we lose the blessedness of the Lord's return. Jesus said in verse Matthew 24, verse 42, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord shall come. Can I give you something that I believe is 100%? Me and my three brothers used to live in a little farmhouse my daddy mom and my daddy had a Model A Ford and they would leave and go summers and leave us at the house and mine was to wash the dishes and my brother's was to make up the bed and the other one was to sweep the floor and we was to clean the house and get it all straightened up before they got back well just as soon as they drove out the driveway me and my brothers got in a pillow fight or something and we'd tear that house up but brother, let me tell you something. When I could hear that old Model A Ford coming down the street, we all got busy. I started washing the dishes. They started making the bed and sweeping the floor and getting ready because they knew if Daddy walked in and found out we hadn't done what we were supposed to do, we are going to get a whipping. And you know what I think about when I read this verse? 
Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord shall come. You know what? If I don't know when Jesus comes, although I know He is coming, I'm going to behave myself because I don't know when He's going to come. Now watch, First Thessalonians 5, 6. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. And that word there, sober, is not being sober from being drunk. It's being sober-minded. Think rightly. Now, we're not to sleep on this matter. We're to be awake, looking, hoping, praying, expecting Jesus to come again. In John 14, verse 2 and 3, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Now, I know this. If we will be steadfast in watching for the Lord to come, that will solve a lot of our problems in our lives today. So number one, we're to be steadfast in watching for Jesus to come back. We should be steadfast in our labor for the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58, God says here, Don't you ever let anything, and I'm paraphrasing, don't you let anything keep you from serving the Lord. Now, really, there's no such thing as Sunday school work. Listen now. There's no such thing as choir work. It is Jesus' work. It's the labor of the Lord. Listen to this. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, God rewards you for what you do. And God keeps a record of your labor for Him. Did you know the Bible said in the book of Matthew that if you give a cup of water in Jesus' name, you will receive a reward for doing so. Now we need a revival then of old-fashioned labor in the work of God's work today. Listen to this. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works. And we must be steadfast in it. Don't let nothing keep you from it. Number three, we should continue in resistance to the devil. James 4 verse 7. Resist the devil, and he be free from you. I read something old like a Buddy Robinson. He was an old uh, preacher years ago, and he said this in an old tape I got. Uh, he said, I'll scratch him as long as I can scratch I'll keep him, I'll kick him as long as I can have a foot. I'll hit him as long as I have a fist. I'll bite him as long as I have teeth in my head. And when my teeth are gone, I'll gum him to death. (laughs) I read that that old time preaching. I said, you know what? That's the way we ought to treat the devil. Amen? Fight him all the time. Did you know the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you? That means you've got to fight him all the time. Number four, we are to be steadfast in our faith. Colossians 2 verse 5. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order, and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. You know what that's plainly teaching? Be steadfast in your faith. Amen? You know, I, I, I pray this every day. As long as i got my right mind, I don't believe that anything can convince me differently than what I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today. 
I believe the Bible, the Word of God. I believe Jesus is my only Savior. And so on. And I steadfast. I don't want that to be changed one bit. I uh, listen to some of the men that I talk to a lot. And good friends of mine that get new preachers. And a preacher will retire, a preacher will die, and they'll get a new pastor in, and they come in. And a lot of them ask me, a lot of, some of the deacons of the church talk to me about, Pastor, how do you how do you choose a new pastor? I said, there's one thing that you've got to always remember. A pastor, if he's serving the Lord, does not come in and ask the church, how much money are you going to give me? He's interested in one thing. Will you give me an opportunity to preach the gospel and win people to Christ? And if you do that right, then the church will take care of you. And if you come, if a man comes in and says, i got to have this and i got to have that, if I'm going to be your pastor. No. You need somebody that's going to be steadfast in the doctrine of Christ to be your pastor. Now listen to me. We're to be steadfast in the Word of God. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's the Word of God. And if you want something good that shall never be taken away from you, it's the Word of God. Because the Bible says this book will stand forever. We should be steadfast in the family or fellowship in the church. Acts 2.48 And they continued steadfastly in fellowship. I left the fellowship with our people. 1 John 1.7 If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. You know what it's talking about? I don't have nothing to talk to an unsaved person about. I got a lot that I'd like to discuss with you as children of God. Just sit down and discuss the Lord and discuss heaven. I wonder what heaven's really going to be like. We can discuss that. Amen. We can sit down and talk about that. I wonder what God's going to be like. Look, the Bible said we're going to see Him face to face one day. I'd just like to sit down and talk with you about it and discuss that. But we got to stick to the Word of God when we do. Amen. And that's just fellowship and one another. And then lastly, we're to be steadfast in prayer. And they continued in prayer. I want to read you something. The engineer who built the great highway that runs from Miami to Key West called the Highway of the Keys was in the midst of that great construction years ago when one of those tropical storms came. It destroyed all his labors and he saved... The foundation, even the foundation, blew away. And all the waves lashed over it all. All his work was wiped out with one act of God. He wired the firm in New York, What shall I do? All work has been destroyed. Millions have been lost. The firm wired back two words, Go on. That's all they wrote back. Here's what I'm saying. The Christian should go on, never quit. Just keep on going for the Lord. Be steadfast in it. Amen? I'm not going to be moved if God allows me to. I know the devil's great, but he's not greater than the one that's in me, the Holy Spirit. Amen? Stand with me, please. Father, help us to be steadfast in serving you and, and just telling the whole world that you're our Savior. And you are the Savior of the world. Bless us as your people. 
Go with us out of this place now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.